This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mounds and South Podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer and the Palatial 680 The Fan Studio. Josh Bagrianski next to me, Sam Franco in front of me. And we were going to start with some, like, funny Dread God moment for me. Like, I'm yeah. the Dread God. I was going to fake introduce myself as the Dread God, but Biddy went to hell and, and, hmm. and decided to screw all my plans up. I threw out the rundown, decided, screw it, we're just going to wing the entire thing. We're going to do it live, and we're or, doing it live. Or did, you, live. or did you sit there and say, hmm... We better rather to introduce myself as the Dread God. Just make it clear I am, and let's have PT. And what do you know? We were gonna have fun with the whole Orlando, and we are definitely going to lose in the semifinals to Orlando. But screw all that because PT decided to have himself a moment on Argentine radio. When did this? Because I pulled into the parking deck, and I and I saw you posted something on the Twitter. Our Twitter. We're throwing the rundown. We're throwing everything out the window, and I'm thinking, what happened? Yeah, it's like, what the heck? We were going to talk about Women's World Cup a little bit. Yeah, we were Emerson Hindman. Obviously, going to talk been... about last night, Emerson Hindman. We were going to talk about uh, uh, the changes in Concacaf a little bit. We were going to talk about there were there were uh, like nuggets here and there. Some way, somehow, this is Eric's but fault. But no, Petey decided again like to have himself a moment. Decided, you know, screw Atlanta United and all their fan base. Eric is angry screw Frank again. DeBoer. So this should be a fun show. You should get have, angry at the end. I have no idea what what, what decorum and professionalism is. Well, is I it, don't know. That's nothing new. I, I don't. I don't know if it's that drastic, but certainly it's uh, drastic. Well, man. let's certainly like, he's not happy. It, it, like I would be. I would truly be shocked. This is a bombshell, more or less. If one, he's I mean, still playing with Lane United. Come like anytime soon. Really? I don't I, think he's playing I, well, on Sunday. I disagree with that. But you think he's playing on Sunday after the comments he just made? Yeah, he's too good. He's too, He's good. too you good. You can't keep him out. Yeah, <laughs> I, you can't. He's coming I mean, off I, of maybe his best game of the season. Yeah, Great. I mean, and that's the funny part One about it is mark. I remember last night thinking, okay, maybe we're finally starting to see him coming to, to turn form. a corner. A he bought himself bit. an inch and just crushed it all away. So after my, all these my, comments, my understanding is because, like I said, I've probably learned about this ten minutes ago. Was that he goes on? Is it Argent, Argentine radio? That's what it seems. And makes a, a slew of comments about how he and Frank DeBoer don't get along. He's not happy. So do you want the uh, like the gist of everything? You're Mr. You're, you're the translation so, czar. Well, man, I want to so. do it in English because I, so uh, this is coming from okay. MLS Monti- Latina. She had, uh, well, I assume she, they had a, uh, a rundown of, of the comments, at least the big ones. There was supposed to be a video with it, but for whatever reason, that's not popping up on Twitter, I, I assume. Usually with South American like stuff, it's grabs, tough. Yeah, some VPN stuff. It, yeah. It's got the play button, but I don't know why it doesn't play. But yeah. anyways, um, so in English, they translate, he's angry because DeBoer talked about him uh, to the press before talking to him. Mm-hmm. He does not like his style of play, but considered, considers DeBoer a good person and wants to talk with him to fix it does not seek hmm. to leave the club. Okay, so see that's why that's why it's important you're here see, to translate. It's not all gloom and doom here. But also, like, why why, why would you not just take this to Frank DeBoer? But also, why I don't understand why you're making as big of a deal. I look, he said some things that he wasn't happy about, but he he cleared it up. Where yeah, I'm not looking to leave the club right now. I mean, he says that in the statement here. So I think it's more about yeah, I was frustrated about some things, and I wish the coach wouldn't talk about. It. Yeah, they need to have it out. I totally agree, but I also don't think this is like 
like him like committing Atlanta United career suicide or anything. I mean, it just seems to me it's a player that is upset at the way he was being handled by Frank DeBoer. But this is this is I I feel that this is especially with how contentious everything seems within with between pity between with with how uh, the the struggles with the season. This is something you keep in house. In my opinion, this is not something you just blatter out. Well, that's a very say, immature but, move. No, but, I agree. But with from that. his perspective, he's saying, "Well, my manager didn't keep his criticism of me in house. Why should I do?" That's the a same? good point. That is a good point. Like if Frank DeBoer expects, you know, himself to have the, I guess, the ability or whatever to, you know, throw his players under the bus or call them out by name in public. Then I mean, shouldn't you expect that going both ways? And Frank DeBoer has been critical of PT Martinez multiple times. Right. So, I mean, the last the, w- w- I think what was the most recent quote that he was a danger to the team, and that's why he subbed him off early. Yes. Then there were some other quotes where you could kind of read between the lines about work rate and stuff like that. But clearly, PT, this has been something that's been building up with him coming for a while. from Fox Sports Argentina. There you go. If it were up to me, I'd be at River. But then he also says, "I understand what he also says." I mean, it's, it's but you like, got to look at the whole package. Yeah, you got to look at the whole package. But it's, it's that could also be his way of saying, "Yeah, if I had to do all over again, I wouldn't be at Atlanta United right now." But you know, he also says, "I'm. It's not in my head to leave." The, the, the thing is, this is the same guy who's talking about being essentially disrespected for for going to for not being looked at by teams in Europe. This is not something a player he like He definitely thinks very highly of himself and I also think that he's not very mature from a sense that he came up through, you know, the the systems down in South America and it seems like everything has come easy for him in a sense he's played on good teams, he you says, know. He, doesn't he say his head is uh, He says my he, head he is doesn't not have with, it in his head that's to go what I'm back saying. with Yeah. Rivera. I'm look, this is a uh what did I pull this from? No tango and This is a this is a a a shot from Fox Sports Argentina. I think I think that based on the translations I'm seeing from I, so MLS the, here, Latina, here's, here's the one thing I will that they are sensationalizing. I, I, I will cut pity a break on it. We don't have the audio yet. We just have direct translation. Context is everything, so we got to hear how he says it. Um, if the translation is actually accurate, uh, if if the the uh, the transcription the transcription is actually accurate, right? Because that's a big thing. No tengo en la cabeza volver a river. It's not on my head to return. Yeah, to that river. means not. So, so that would si, si fuera por mí estaría en river. That means that, that means yes. if it were up to me, I would be. So at he, river. he said contradictory things within the interview. Well, I think, but but this is how I read that. It's if it were up to me, I'd be back at river. Like saying I wouldn't have made this move in the first place, but. It's also him saying, I'm here now and I've got to, you know, make the best about it. At least that's how it reads to me. Obviously, like Eric said, there's still full context that needs to be, you know, withdrawn. And this happens a lot where you'll take a sound bite, run with it, and then you don't get the whole context of everything. So, so yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, there is a chance that maybe he said it was like, you know what? That is probably too strong. And and in the interview, and he backpedaled. Well, and I think yeah. even with, within the quotes, you can see that he, that he uh, even, even the quote where he talks about how... Uh, Frank DeBoer's tactics are maybe not best suited they don't for fit him. him. Right. He even goes on to say, you know, I played under a much more attacking, uh, faster tempo manager under uh, Gallardo at River Plate, and naturally I'm learning in a new system under Frank DeBoer. So it's not like, I mean, these quotes are bad, and it's got to be tough to come back from them, but he doesn't seem completely gung-ho on leaving. I think he, you know, he, he said he'd rather he be at it. River, I, I, but I don't, he doesn't seem so upset where he's trying to force his way out in the short term. I think he knows that he can't. Probably. Like that, that's, that's, uh, I think it's financially impossible for him to actually do that. Contractually even, maybe. Well, and it's also all so weird like how the loan rumor came out and everything, and we're, it's starting to look more and more like 
that's all like Pitty's camp, maybe an agent or something flowing that yes. kind of stuff out there just to see if there would be interest. And then obviously PT coming out and saying, you know, stuff like this, the entirety of the interview is needed. And the, because even with the quotes, the way they're tweeted by MLS Latina or whoever, you know, we don't know what order that's in. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So, so until you get exactly the context of everything around it, I, I just think this is certainly an interesting thing and something to definitely keep an eye on. But I don't know if this is Pitti outright saying, you know, I want to get out of here or if it's, yeah, I was having a bad time, mm-hmm. but, you know, maybe I need to buck up and you here's, know, pick myself up by my bootstraps and get back to work. But, but, but what does it say? And this is my bigger problem with it. If, if, we're eventually, if the plan is to eventually, eventually uh, sell Pitti, who wants a player? I know there's, there's problem players in Europe. I'm not saying there's not, but who wants a player... Who really wants a player that's going to it question hurts, the tactics it hurts of his the value. It hurts his value. Yeah, he's hurt, he's hurting his own value. It, it, You're it's, right. It's one thing to go up to and be like, "Listen, I don't agree with with how you, you've you've uh, you've you decided to line us up tactically, the tactics in general, the the philosophy of the team." Sit down, have a conversation. Maybe explain yeah. it better. Maybe, maybe, maybe be able to uh, help me understand what you're seeing that maybe I'm not seeing. Have that discussion. Don't go out on on mm-hmm. on on uh, Argentine radio. Who's going to make a a, a <laughs> effing field day well, out of this? He knows what he's doing. I think he knows what he's doing, though. That's the thing. And Eric, just to qual- uh, clarify quickly, uh, Dirty South Soccer got a translation up here in the last couple minutes about uh, the quote about wanting to return to River. The full translation is. There are no chances of going back to River. They draw conclusions from where there are none, and they, I assume he's talking about the media, and make people hope. People sent me thousands of messages, and I thank them. If it were for me, I would be at River, but there are differences with the technician, which I guess means... Does that mean... That's the Frank DeBoer. Yeah, okay, te- technical, like, like the trainer? Like yeah, the trainer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. it does not happen because of that. So he... he, he, he <laughs> It's funny. He's kind of saying, "Yeah, in a perfect world, I'd be." That's, at River. that's what I was just saying. Like, he's like, "Man, if I if it really was up to me, yeah, right. I'd be back at River." But obviously, that can't happen. And you would hope because, like Ezekiel Barco last season, for example, showed extreme immaturity with the whole you know romantic overtures, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> extreme immaturity. But you know what he's done? Bounced back in the biggest way possible, mm-hmm. and it's having a hell of a season for Atlanta United. Pitti Martinez is in that kind of weird. Not in the graces of the fans because of some stuff that's going on. This is a big moment for him. If if this interview was him saying, Yes, I would like to be back at River, but I can't, so I have to make the best of this situation. If he can turn it around, because Josh, we were talking about this on our way in here, he's coming off of maybe his best game of the year. I know it was US Open Cup, but he looked a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I was anticipating one of our topics tonight being is PT finally coming rounding into form a little bit. He looked much better. I thought Emerson Hyman brought him into the he really kind did. of brought him into the match in in the ways that other guys hadn't and the next day we get this. I said on PT. the radio show yesterday, seven o'clock every Wednesday. Atlanta, uh, that's what you said on the radio Atlanta show? Sports X. No. Oh. Atlanta Sports X, <laughs> 7 o'clock every Wednesday, Miles of South Radio Show. ATLSportsX.com. Uh, I said that I, I want this I want this match, considering it was against St. Louis FC, and, and, and you know, St. Louis is what they are. They've, they've had a fantastic run in an open, an open cup, but let's be realistic, Atlanta United should absolutely dominate that game. The idea was, I want this to be kind of a launching point for the rest of the season for Pitti Martinez. And I thought, okay, in a... In a, in a uh, I didn't think he played great, but he did have the goal. He did have a moment, um, and I was like, "All right, cool. Let's work off of that." And that was yesterday. He earned himself <laughs> an inch and destroyed it 
by this. Yeah, this has really this. picked up steam very quickly, and it's it is bizarre. And I'll say this: uh, Frank DeBoer by openly calling players out by name in, in press conversations like that. It kind of opened the door for this. But I don't the, think the, this happened. You, that's you're a fair about, point. You're, okay, you're right. You're, you're right. talking about you want him, you want Pity, the player, to do this behind closed doors. That's a two-way street, man. Like, like if a manager's going to go, and look, I don't have a problem with what Frank DeBoer did because as a fan, you know, this you is love not, the directness. That's like, yeah. This is not about team, you know, player, coach relationship. This is about as a fan, I want to know what's going right. on with the team. And Frank DeBoer is saying things that, you know, Tato Martino never would have said. Mm-hmm. I but see I I feel like that it's it's a a challenge like look I I think obviously Tata Martino did this behind closed doors a lot more than, than oh absolutely than Frank DeBoer yes. did but I do like that he is uh, uh, singling out players specifically who aren't playing well and it's obvious that they're not playing well, well because this is that's not as a, a fan surprise. as a fan it's refreshing sure. to see the coach actually call out players that you think are performing up to par. See, I don't think that happens enough. It, no, I'm, especially, I, I totally agree especially with Especially in a league like MLS. But you've got to think about this from Pitti's perspective being like, what the hell is this coach doing calling me out in public? And so he he, he probably has, A, never had that happen because I said this a minute mm-hmm. ago. He comes from a soccer background where he's kind of had it easy, you know, up, up to this point. And this is probably the first time in a foreign land somewhere where he's not going to be coddled to and he's probably not liking it, but this is the growing up portion. This is where you have to say, okay, I'm in you know the the bigger stage, a big boy world. Now I've got to act like it, and maybe he just wasn't ready to do that because you know Frank Frank DeBoer's out here calling him out by name and not coddling him it's like not, he might have had before. I can't really blame Frank DeBoer for specifically mentioning these players because it's it's the, it's, it's the guys in the press conference asking the questions that are specifically pointing out players and and how bad they're playing, specifically Pitti. Um, I'm trying to think of a different example, but but whenever anyone does something wrong, he's Carlton, been, for example, he's been very critical. Same, of same thing. It's not mm-hmm. like these are surprises. It, I mean, look at look at how Tata Martino treated Carlton last year. It's it's the same sort of deal. Although not as explicit, he's being, I think. Sure, of what he's, he's being said. a little bit more direct. I don't remember Tata ever talking about a player in a negative. And, way. and to be, I mean, oh it, Carlton, absolutely. I mean, well, I, no, but I, I, that's more off the field. So I'm I'm okay, saying sure. for on the field. I don't ever remember Tata saying something specifically about one player just, and mentioning them by name. It's just different managers no, handle the media differently. Yeah. But he yeah. softened a little bit by saying, you know what, he's not he's not 100% fit, he's still here, he's got to get used to the turf, the environment, the new country, all that stuff, the playing style. He softened it up big time to say, look, give him time. Yeah. And you can tell, based off yesterday, it looks like Joseph is like, yeah, give Pitti time. Mm-hmm. So everyone is like, all right, cool, we'll give him time, especially after last night. But you can't do this the day after and ex- still expect it's that same timing. sort of yeah. same sort of uh, 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 leniency, if you will. Yeah, no, I agree. It's bad timing, and again, in a perfect world, he doesn't do this. But I think that just and look, I'm I'm more on your side, Eric, than I think you think I am, because the the only thing I'm trying to do here in terms of playing a devil's advocate is this is a player who. Yeah has never had this happen like like he's never been things have never been his fault you know what i mean like like he he was the south american player of the year somehow and you know i, I just think that finally there's some there's some uh you know animosity not animosity but there's some adversity and he just handled it poorly very poorly it's i mean i 
the future is what's interesting about this. I mean, yeah, I think no, as sure. far as the interview, I think my conclude. I mean, I think did a good job of going through the quotes, Eric. He said some other stuff like, "I want to stay in America a little while longer." So it is a weird. It's like, what are you trying to do? Because you're not really trying to force your way and, out and immediately. That's why I want to hear him actually say the words as well, because I think that with the full context of the audio, then you get a better sense of maybe he's maybe he's maybe in his voice you can hear that mm-hmm. that the struggle. And, of the season. And, and we're seeing now that P.T. Martinez, this is so weird, will be available to speak to the media tomorrow. I heard they pulled that, though. Uh, I, I think. Let me, I, don't quote me on that, but I, I think they might have pulled that. Okay. Well, go, go, keep, keep going. Keep well, going okay, but, but, you know, he, what's interesting, as I was going to say, is he's known for being very private, not speaking to the media much here. Uh, there was the stupid, quote-unquote, controversy about how reporters come into the locker room and, and talk to players here, and they don't know their countries. But happy to be very, very candid with 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 the folks back home, uh, and, and so I, that's certainly an interesting component to this too. And maybe does that show that he's still not in his comfort zone? That he that that, that his communication is still going through a source in Argentina. Uh, I, I think I just think it's very interesting, and I want to see how you know you guys talk about this being a a big moment for him. I think how the club handles this. It's going to be very, very, very interesting because I don't think you can move him in the short term. He's basically decreased his own transfer value by admitting he wants to I don't, go I don't, eventually. I don't know that he has. Well, he has some transfer value. I mean, he has, it's not like he has zero transfer value, but he's whatever that value is, he's reduced it by telling whoever the potential suitor might be, I already want to leave or don't see myself here long term. And we always said from the beginning, there's we saw a real chance that P.T. Mart. Teams might play one season in Atlanta and leave. So maybe it's part of that. Maybe it's part of preparing ahead of time to try and get out in January and not have a Miguel Almiron situation where you're stuck around for all of preseason. I don't know. The, the professional way of handling an interview like this is like, look, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm in a new situation here in Atlanta United. I'm, I haven't been playing well. That's on me. I need to do better. Um, I need to sit down with Frank DeBoer, find out what maybe more specifically want, what the expectation is of me in, in his system and, and how I can improve the areas I need to work on best. Um, you know, you can expand on some of the things that you don't like about Frank DeBoer without being direct about how you don't like Frank DeBoer. Like, there are ways of doing that. A, a, pro, no, a professional, it's, it's a professional a, knows how to do but that. But at the same time, as a manager... Even Frank DeBoer did that. Well, I'll say this as a manager... Whether you believe in calling players out or not, that that's a whole different issue. But if he hasn't talked to Pity, he, like if he went to the media and said all this crap and then did, never talked to Pity about it, that's messed up. Like, like, dude, even in training or something, I feel like you wouldn't just want to let that fester like that. Like, if you're the manager and you said something and you clearly know that your player knows that you said it and you're not going to say anything to him about it. From, from what I understand, he's still available for media tomorrow. Yeah, I mean it's and I I I mean it just shows you what a bombshell like. I wish I didn't. Atlanta United <laughs> did not see that they are obviously totally blindsided by this, and that is the cherry on top that he has been made available for media tomorrow. You would never in a million years do that on the back of the rumors earlier this week about him going on loan. You know, you would never make him available, I think, to the media unless if you thought he was going to kind of exacerbate those rumors. I can't with imagine the comments he's made tonight. <laughs> I cannot imagine that Atlanta United will let him talk in front of more people. Anybody want to tailgate in front of the uh, training facility? I, I, I'm really, I, really? I, I'm, seriously. I almost, I almost want to take bets as to whether he will or won't 
be in training tomorrow. If you have any questions in the chat, uh, we're streaming on YouTube. You can always find us um, whenever we do the podcast streaming on YouTube, the live as we're recording us. Uh, set a question in all caps or thought in all caps so we can know yeah. that uh, it's specific to us. And I want to talk about one, I think, important part of this. And I have to, I, I pat us on the back here at Mel's in the South, po- Mel's in the South podcast because I think we do a good pat- job. You want, to, you want me to do it for you? Yes. Can you pat me on the back? I'm, I'm, I'm air patting you. Thank you. You got official Those pat on back bad lats there you just touched. But anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Unclean. But anyways, I think what we do a good job is when rumors come out, you don't say this is true, this isn't true. You say, where did this come from? What is this based on? And you saw the Wait, PT. nuance? Right. I mean, can, no. you, can you imagine it? <laughs> Disappointingly rational as we are, are uh, hopefully will be widely known. Disappointingly I, 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 rational. I myself like to be known as that. But anyway, a t-shirt just says disappointingly <laughs> I agree. Uh, but um, I think... Th- when those rumors came out, and it was all about, are these? Is it true? Are is it? Are there clubs actually trying to get him on loan? Is River trying to get him back on loan? So instead of thinking about is it true or not, we should have think about where's this rumor coming from. And quite clearly, with PT Martinez's comments about not being super happy, it was coming from his camp, and he says straight up in the interview, like we said, I uh, if if it was up to me. I'd be at River, even though it's not, even though it's likely not possible. So, what do you do? You get your agent, you get your, you know, someone in your family or whatever, and 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 you float a rumor out there that you might go on loan back to River Plate. So this, I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, in 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 the media and fans made a big mistake here of talking too much about trying to debunk the rumor or t- uh, instead of thinking about. Where is this coming from? Because it's not like someone, it's very rare that journalists will just literally pie in the sky make up a rumor. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had the Darren Eagles, of course, Miguel Miron one, which is an example of that happening. Clearly, you've but never it comes heard of from Chris someone, Broussard, right? Chris okay. Broussard, right? <laughs> well, Chris Broussard has, I'm sure he talked to someone, he has bad sources, right? <laughs> so you have sources. I, don't know, I think he just someone, makes it up. someone is going to someone and, and telling them this and getting this information. And so we needed to, at that time, be like, okay, maybe the loan is, is BS, but there's clearly. Most likely, something be deeper going on with PT Martinez, and this interview shows us that he's not totally happy in Atlanta. So uh, I think people did a. I think there was uh, not speculating in the right way. You don't speculate is the rumor true or not because no one really knows. And of course, you trust some journalists more than other. You speculate where is this coming from? Where is this momentum pushing us towards? To and in this case, it's not necessarily PT leaving, but it's that he's at the very least struggling to adjust. Uh, the conversation around tomorrow's media availability Ooh. is that it's full steam ahead. Oh man! Wow. Baby. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I, my goodness, I'm so I'm so nervous. Are they, they'll have Justin. Justin has got to be the most nervous. He's, he's still translating. He's gonna go translate. I, I guess so. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> he's just gonna be like. Uh, Here's the thing. You're he's happy at the club. That's gotta, what he said. You gotta think the Spanish media will be there, and they're and they don't hold back. Oh no, that's they, gonna they, be. Uh, I mean, you think. You think Frank DeBoer is direct? The Spanish well, media is. Direct. There's never, I, there's never going to be in terms of, there, there has never been a day at the training ground like this before in terms of media kind of flocking in there and having kind of an unknown and the player with the unknowns whatnot is involved is is there. The more to, I to think interview, about it's those, crazy. Like, the more it's it's the timing. That bothers I, you. You just, I, I just can't get over. You just had a, a. It's very everyone. Weird. Will, everyone will look at le- yesterday as, as a good match for pity. You score. You get the opening. Uh, yeah, the opening goal. Um, you come away with the win. You advance to the to the second round. Uh, you look ahead to to Seattle on Sunday. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. And then just the inch that you got in 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 terms of grace graces from the fan base in general as a whole. You just 
kissed it all away it's with, bizarre. with this. It's bizarre. I mean, he, he's clearly... Even if it's taken out of context, I, the, the damage it. is done. I could mm-hmm. see... The damage is done, whether it's taken out of context or not. I can see the frustration, though, of lack of direct communication, if that is indeed what happened. You know what I mean? Like, that's obviously something as, as, a, as a manager that... And, and not just as a manager, but as a manager-player relationship. The, the, you know, you want to know what your manager thinks of your play. And I mean, if he's going to go, you know, spill it to the media and then, you know, not really say anything. I mean, if that's the case of what happened, I mean, again, this, this, this feels like, yes, PT never should have done this. It's bad timing, all this stuff, but Frank kind of let it happen. Okay. I, I don't disagree. I, I hope. And do you guys have much more to say on this? I, I mean, really. I just think, you know, uh, with, with, uh, I think Sam's right. I think that's yeah. why he did it. But as a player, particularly, excuse me, a 26-year-old in his prime player that has played in some pressure situations, you get criticized. Not all managers are going to handle you like Tata much. You know, some guys like, you know, I'm sure what Frank DeBoer says, he wants to motivate his players. He's not saying it to embarrass them. When he says Andrew Carlton needs to work on his professionalism to make the U.S. youth national team, he's saying that because he wants them to go do it. And I think, I mean, personally... If I knew anything about the history of soccer and Frank DeBoer, who is one of the one of the best passing uh, defenders, holding midfielders, I mean, fantastic players, played at Barcelona, says something like that about me, I would listen. I wouldn't go, I, I mean, and again, PT can do what he want, but I think it's a bizarre reaction for a guy of that stature. And I know he hasn't had great success in Europe, but he's, other than Ajax, but he's been around. He, why, when a guy like that criticizes you, your reaction should be to take that to heart and see what you can do better. Um, I don't know exactly when media availability a, uh, is. Um, I, I know it's typically in the morning. Yeah. I'm going to assume tomorrow around 10 o'clock. Uh, but yeah, again, usually around 10. Don't yeah. hold me specifically to that time, but it's usually around 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, no, so uh, what I was going to say, to wrap this up, I, I, what I hope happens after this is Darren Neal's, Carlos Bocanegra, who, whoever is going to handle the situation. I assume Carlos because he speaks Spanish. Sits him down. Sits both of them down. Be like, look, I'm going to close the door. You guys work it out. That's true. I mean, Because neither of you are going anywhere. Like you said. I mean, I, Frank DeBoer ha- doesn't deserve to, to, mm-hmm. be, to, be, to be fired. No. For any, of, for any of what's going on right now at this point. Uh, and Pity Martinez, I st- as much as I'm down on him, he still deserves time to actually get things turned sure. around. I don't know what that future for Pity with Atlanta United actually looks like because I don't see... How it can how it can really develop much more than it already has, but he does deserve the time to prove me wrong. Wait, are there agree. people actually totally out agree. there saying Frank DeBoer should be fired? No, 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 no. Oh, I'm okay. not saying that. But I, 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 <laughs> yeah, lots of other well, reasons. What I'm saying they is that they want him fired, but the, not this. The, the idea is that uh, Pity is clearly unhappy. I think he would encourage a move. Um, I don't know that someone like Frank DeBoer might necessarily disagree right now. There's a reason that this, is, that this back and forth is happening right now mm-hmm. behind the scenes, as opposed to right in their faces. So what I'm hoping happens, Carlos Bocanegra, Darren Eels, if this is even the case, we got to remember that the context, we don't have the full scope of what's going on behind the scenes, but if this is the case, if they're just kind of jarring back at each other and they don't like each other and, yeah, mediation and they're is having issues, this point. throw them in a room together, lock the door, make them work it out because neither of them That's how you anywhere. do it. I mean, and that's what we're going to, as, as I think these quotes will not be what we're addressing going forward. It will be, how, what is the relationship between... P.T. Martinez and the manager, how do his teammates respond to him? And that's something we'll be able to tell by watching on the field. You know, I think yeah. that was something when uh, Ezekiel Barco first came back from his suspension, you could see that it took him 
it took him a little bit of time to get his teammates' trust back. It took him a little time for Tata Martino to feel comfortable starting him, although he ended up coming off the bench uh, in the postseason anyway. It's going to be similar with P.T. Martinez. We're, I, we're going to have a very good idea of whether that, rep, whether that relationship between him and DeBoer is repaired based on how he plays on the yeah. field. Hopefully, look, hopefully he shows out against, against Seattle and he's just yeah. like, you know what? And that's the Middle main thing about what guys. he did, I think, is is you 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 put all of this for everybody to see. So now everybody's gonna relate your performance on the pitch, the to the team's performance on the pitch to your happiness and whether you want to be here long term. So he's created a tough situation for himself and for the team. Quick poll on the YouTube chat. If you think this is my or slash the dread god's fault, just a show of hands, the hand emoji. That's that's the slash all, means and or that's, right. That's so. uh yeah, that's all we'll take. Uh just throw it up on the chat. Let's see how many uh, uh hands we get. Um, so, of course, there are some people that obviously blame me. Let's talk about the U.S. Open Cup because we did have the match last you. night. Um, we see the first of Emerson Hyndman, and I, by all accounts, he did really well. I was I was taking I was watching the game today, watching Emerson Hyndman, and I was ready to come in and give you a whole spiel on him, and then PT ruins ruins uh, it all. He was going to be the focal I point. Thought, that, that the entire match last night was going to be the focal point of, of our of our discussion. We were going to do this, maybe a little World Cup, a little Concacaf, and then we were going to be done. It was going to be a nice, easy and now, evening. And, and he decided, you know what? I you know Eric, I don't like Eric's schedule. Let's, let's yeah. mess it up. So I thought the first of all to put a bow on the match. Yes, it was one nil, but I thought it was a very comfortable one nil. I think Frank DeBoer would be happy with the performance, and you didn't really feel like you were eking by against the USL side. You were very comfortable after you went up one nil. But with respect to Emerson Hindman. Watching him is very, very interesting, and especially the way he fits in. He played basically in that spot that we've seen Julian Gressel struggle, struggling. We've seen Darlington Nagby struggling as the highest of the three center midfielders. Um, and he's a little bit of a—he's like an attacking midfielder, but he has definitely a, an element of box-to-box to his game. So can I—the can I, yeah. one thing I liked about him uh, that I saw pretty frequently, or frequently enough to where I noticed it— um, he is searching to get his teammates out of trouble. Yes, in specific moments, which I I absolutely love because no one else in this that was sort of what Almiron did. Obviously, Emerson Hyman was going to do it in a different way. Yes. So, but that's that's the one thing that that Almiron gave you is that he got your your team out of tr- out of tricky situations. Whether it's uh, uh uh you know being pressed at a specific point in the field, he was able to uh, he. he he put himself in those situations where he he was available. I think as far as press, he's right. very similar. Yeah. I mean, of course, you look at the goal is him winning the ball back. Yeah, obviously, he's not going to be as as you he's know. not a dribbler type. Exactly, but I yeah. think what he does is he adds so much balance to the attack. We've sit here and talked so much over the last month or so about how Atlanta United have struggled in the final third. And part of it has been, well, why is P.T. Martinez getting the ball 40 yards from goal instead of in the final third? You know, same thing for Justin Miram. Why is, you know, uh, why is Joseph Martinez sometimes having to drop all the way back? And I know some of that is DeBoer's system into possession. A big part of that is just because those players are not, when they get the ball in the last third, they want to go to goal. Now you have a player in Emerson Hyman who can pull a defender with with him, get the ball, and quickly distribute to one of those other more creative attackers in the final third. I, I think he plays the 10 like Jeff Laurentowitz plays the six, where he's in position at all times, he works hard, but when he gets it, he's just looking to, to, to quickly find someone. Which and is kind of what it. Frank DeBoer wants. It's huge. Yeah. And, yeah. and you could see, particularly in the second half, how many times he got on the ball and then was able to find Justin Miram or P.T. Martinez in advanced, dangerous positions. And that makes so much of a difference when you have a guy that can do that instead of those guys having to do the work themselves and dribble into those positions or combine into those positions or whatnot. So you could see, particularly against a bunkering defense in St. Louis, 
how much it helps to have a guy like that can just float into the spaces, get there, and then when he gets it, he's he's very comfortable holding up, not, not holding up the ball, but distributing quickly to a P.T. Martinez, to a Justin Miram. We'll see him do it to Barco, to Joseph Martinez in the future. Then get those creative guys space and let them do work. You didn't have a guy like that before. Julian Gressel struggled to do that. He's not holding up play, but he's he's uh, he's holding up enough to where he can find the best. Like option. I said, it's like when, when he's not he's not allowing he's not allowing a team like St. Louis right to, to really be able to settle themselves defensively. It's like when we see Jeff Lorenzo. I, I think of two thousand and of course they're totally. Go yes. there, Eric. I yeah. see. No, I was gonna say when when was the last time we saw a turnover in in Atlanta United's final third that turned into a goal, right? No, I mean, not, With, in in 2008, uh, 2019, we haven't seen that. I don't not, think not often. Maybe I mean, that's once. one of the reasons you've had defensive and we success. Saw that, we saw that out of Emerson Hyman, yeah, for the first goal. And again, the reason I compare him to Laurentowitz, they're totally different positions, but their thought on the ball. So where Laurentowitz plays defensive mid, his thought is, I'm getting this ball, two three touch, I'm progressing it into the next third. Heinemann is the same way, except he plays in the attack. And he gets the ball underneath the striker or whatever in the last third, and he's thinking, I'm getting rid of this as quickly as possible. Now, that's not going to work with some teams where they're also going to rely on you to score goals. But here, he has guys around him who can do that. But so, you know who loves that, too, is Joseph. Because Joseph wants Joseph someone loves that. in that position that's not going to want to hold on to the ball, that's going to want to get it to him as quickly as possible. Yeah, exactly. I've got the comment of the night. All right. Oh, wow. Ready for this? Oh, boy. Tommy Moose, you have won the comment of the night. Have we seen this plot before? Gordon Bombay equals Tata. <laughs> score a lot of goals. Mighty Ducks three. New uh, new coach teaches them how to play defense. Right. Yes, I'm three, th- three drinks is, in. Yeah, but they don't quack, actually quack. get this is my, things back <laughs> yes, under you, control. Yes, you are three drinks in if you go to D3. D3 That's three, awesome. Though, in Jeez. D3, they don't get stuff back under control until Gordon Bombay shows back up, though. Remember <laughs> That's that. true. got to get the pep talk. That's what I'm saying. got to get the pep talk. So you still need the... You, you and then who's the Bash brother the, that shows up out of nowhere? That's right. right. That Fulton? The, the middle... <laughs> that, that movie had so many holes in and, it. And he sh- shows up in the middle of the season toward the end of the semester, I think. Why are we talking about D3? Surely he wasn't eligible. like the stupidest He had the scholarship, okay? And then Charlie Conway gave that interview to the, the, the South American press about if wanting to transfer. Oh, wait, no, that's something. <laughs> you got to talk about how Iceland is covered in green wow. and Greenland's covered in ice. I've I never, learned that I've never thanks heard, for the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, that's true. Number which two. I've never, I've never. the cat? Julie the cat? Uh, is She's it Julie? Goalie, that's right? two, yeah. Julie, what's her name, though? Julie? Uh, Julie the cat. Something? Something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. She was fantastic, though. Anyways, yeah. moving on. There you go. Yep. How did he know that? I don't know. Anyways, well, D3, <laughs> Mighty Ducks references really throw me off. But so can I say one thing, one more sure. thing about Heinemann? So what I just described is completely different from what Julian Gressel does, and we've seen him struggle specifically with that role when he's played underneath, just completing short, simple passes under pressure in the last third, which is tough to do because that's when the defense collapses back. Julian Gressel is more of that final ball guy, you know, play a guy in in behind, look to shoot from distance, try to put in a cross. He struggles with just simple passes in the last third, and. When you have someone that can do that, it just makes things so much easier for creative players around them. So that's going to help Julian Gressel if he plays out wide with an Emerson Hyndman. I think you have a unique type of player there that can bring bring that balance and attack that we've really, really been missing. Can he hold up physically? Can he do better uh, against better competition? Time will tell. So for me, he showed that he he is. I don't want to slot him into that into that. Yeah, pressure, I guess, just yet. But yeah. he shows that there's there's a there's a high likelihood that he could be a regular starter yeah. on this team. And at the very least, he gives you something different sure. than the other guys who play that role. My problem is not my problem. The problem for Frank DeBoer, if he does establish himself, because because what he what he did against St. Louis, and I know it was against St. Louis. I know I know who they are. 
I get that. Context is everything. But what he did is something that I feel like this team has needed for the, the entire first half. Well, it's of more season. about his style of play, right? right? I mean, which is not going to change. I don't think from St. Louis to Seattle this weekend. Sure. Yeah. So that being said, given what he gives you in the midfield, I have a strong feeling that he's going to be he's going to be kind of thrusted into a starting position in that similar role, which means Gressel and Tito are probably off. Yeah, because I think when you're off the bench you probably, more. with a player like that, then you can absolutely move Barco wide. Because yes. as we just discussed, you have a player in Heidman who can find him in dangerous positions mm-hmm. already, whereas before Barco was playing the 10, he had to come back and get it and drive the team forward. So, so might get squeezed out anyway. Yeah, well, we'll see. It depends but, on, it, yeah, it depends on how, obviously, Frank DeVore, ha- one, handles the situation that, right. that happened today, and, and two, how, it, how he, uh, Pity Martinez really fits... My thought specifically playing on that right side before the the, that the PT it, interview was if you had a match tomorrow and you had a full squad you you based on what you saw from in St Louis you'd give Heidman the chance in that kind of like we said that it, he's listed as a ten but he's more of an eight and a ten and then you'd play Barco and PT inverted on the left and right and that and and that would be what you did. Of course, Heinemann's going to have to keep his performance at sure, a high yeah, level yeah, to yeah. do that, but but I think that would fit really, really nicely to have a center mid that can drop a little deeper, come and help uh, defensively receive the ball uh, from your two holding mids and progress into the next third, and then you let Barco and PT do what they like in the final third. Well, I'm obviously putting the cart way before the horse because we still have to make sure that, uh, that Emerson Heinemann not only progresses with Absolutely. the team, develops. All it, we're it, saying is his style of play right, is an right. in- intriguing fit. It's it's something that I I. I did not see much of in the first half of the season. Absolutely. And, and now that he's here, now that we've seen what he looks like uh, stylistically, going into the second half, I'm like, oh my gosh, this has been, this has got to be the missing key, the missing link for this team. At least in, in of, some matchups. In terms of, yeah. yeah, in terms of connecting, you know, uh, uh, the final third, or the, the defensive third with the final third, because it just seemed like everything was either over the top or or things got lost on mm-hmm. in Barco's, at Barco's feet or Pity's feet. That... Seems like theoretically would change with Emerson in the in the same position he was against St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, I th- I, I totally agree. I mean, I, and it's exactly me, what me, you've honestly, asked. me. I'm like fingers crossed. Please, yeah, I, I if, will. I will if absolutely he can play that style at a, at a at a high level in, in in the league. Then you've got at the very least a nice kind of curveball you can throw at folks compared to a player there like Julian Gressel. He's totally different. He's totally different than a PT Martinez. It, it, totally different than Ezekiel Barco there. It Completely would different type of 10. It would obviously hurt the, the playing time of Tito, hurt the playing time of Gressel, and I think those are the two, I mean, okay, uh, not the two automatic Guys that are relegated to the bench. Yeah, I don't think Gressel, who, I think, Gressel I think, gets affected I think, as much. Who knows what happens with well, PT? Well, it just depends on what happens right. with Pity. Because yeah. if, Pity's, if Pity gets relegated to the bench, then I think the first choice off the off off well, the first, right now is Gressel. First choice on the right is Gressel. When yeah. Tito comes yeah, back, exactly. we'll see. But it's yeah. so weird. But even just, with Tito, I still think because again, I I still I. Frank DeBoer sees Tito a specific way. What, what do you call Eric? Champagne problems? Or champagne whatever? problems. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. It wasn't for champagne problems. PT kind of threw a wrench into the being like a pleasant problem to have, well, but you got some depth there that you maybe didn't have this, you know, a month ago. It's so funny how Darren Eels, Carlos Bocanegra, Tata Martino, you know, kind of built this team to be able to play like a, a South American team. And now we're watching uh, Frank DeBoer and, and the front office shift and mold it into what Frank DeBoer wants. So like that's like even less possible playing time for Tito. You know, you push one of these guys out, you bring in an Emerson Heinemann who has played in Europe, plays the position and, and and plays the style that Frank DeBoer wants a little more. So it's just interesting to watch the dynamics of this team shift. All right, can I go full circle with this Mighty Ducks analogy? Sure. 
Again, from Tommy Moose. Sorry, one last Mighty Ducks comment. Assad is the Bash brother who shows up at the last game of the season to win the championship. Good night, world. <laughs> That's perfect. I mean, Assad obviously isn't a Bash brother, but you get the point. Just laugh with me, man. Yes, Come on. I get that. I just, <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's like, wow, he really uh, he wanted to complete the story for everybody. I think I have to go watch the Mighty Ducks like trilogy when I get home. Yeah, here's every, here's every here's every Mouths of the South listeners homework assignment. We go watch the we go watch D three the Mighty Ducks and we well, watch all, watch the, the all three series. if you haven't yeah, watched. Say, I'm not just gonna whole watch D three. If I have to watch D three, I'm gonna watch the. Is that on two. Netflix yet? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think that's on. It'll it'll be on Disney. It'll be on sure. Disney Plus. I think sure. I have yeah. an old VHS in my house somewhere. <laughs> we all go watch uh, the Mighty Ducks series and we all come up with our uh, our we all we all match and, up the and tweet tweet at us your favorite player if you already know. At MLTS Podcast, who is your favorite player in the three Mighty Ducks movies? And oh. tell us oh, why. Knuckle Puck. Oh, you yeah. like Knuckle Puck? Knuckle Puck. No, how how is get... he eligible? They got him like off the street hockey game and brought him. Well, because they, well, they, they were playing in the Junior Olympics. Remember that? That you didn't just have recruit anyone. Do. Well, no, that didn't have anything to do with like their. Region. I don't know. They have some. They're like the Barcelona of youth <laughs> hockey. They have some very, some clear, clear tampering. I'm just saying, man. Situations. What's Knuckle Puck got involved? You knew things were about to go down. Yeah. All right. Keenan Thompson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So obviously a a fantastic result for Atlanta United in the U.S. Open Cup. I I think that uh, we we now know who we face in the semifinals. That's going to be Orlando City. Uh, We play in Orlando against the the moving wall that is the Orlando City fan base. The moving wall. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. That was pretty funny. That was great. Um, That was very U.S. Open Cup. So here's the deal. (laughs) We're we're absolutely losing that match. Well, we're one hundred percent. Well, that's that the best news I've heard all day. Eric thinks we're going to lose. People it's, wanted to know when the dread god was. Coming. It's the magic of the cup that Orlando City needed in order to beat Atlanta United. This is going to be. It's going to hurt because it actually means something. Man, Eric is really Orlando City is going to ha- be able, even though they've only they would have only beaten us in that one match, not even in re- MLS regular season play or playoffs or anything like that, but in a completely different tournament, they'll be able to hold it over us because. Even though they haven't won anything else, that actually meant something. I get the dread mm. god and everything, but you can't actually predict Orlando to beat Atlanta. That's like the one thing we can't do. It, this is this is the most Atlanta thing happening in our faces we're as gonna, we're seeing it. We're going to beat Orlando. This is the most Atlanta thing hap- that's going to happen to us. I'll, I'll, I, we're going to beat Orlando. Not only are they going to beat Orlando. August 7th, I Andrew believe. Andrew Carlton is, is going to score the winning oh, goal. Oh, jeez. How, How about that? I'm, I'm like, Just prepare yourselves, okay? How about this? I, I, I'm like, telling you, it's a blessing and a curse to break the future. And I'm, I, the like last few times I've done this, I've tweeted things out. I've been absolutely right. If you predicted a negative thing, <laughs> if you said something positive, no, I, then... I predicted the positive thing uh, last night against US Open Cup. Five minutes left. I was like, guys, relax. We've got this. They had six or whatever corners back to back to back. <laughs> None of them went in. Yeah, thank God you're playing. Tony. So come on. If it wasn't Tony Pulis's I know son playing a five-four-one when they're trailing <laughs> by a goal with five minutes left, we might have been screwed on that one. Go back to our shows before the season started and how little we cared about U.S. Open Cup when we were prioritizing things. I think we were all like, "Oh yeah, they got to go gung ho after the Concacaf Champions League." We all saw how that worked out, but now. This team could get into the next CONCACAF Champions League yeah. just by US Open Just Cup. by winning this. <laughs> and it's almost like this right now has become the most important thing. 
It's crazy. In some ways, it's I mean, completely any, crazy anytime, because they got to the semifinal. Well, no, no, no. It's, it was always going to be important against a, a team like St. Louis FC. I, I was actually surprised that they went that Frank DeBoer went a, with that strong a lineup. But when Joseph mm-hmm. was up top, I was I was shocked. no, no, no. I see. I thought that was going to happen oh, because right. I mean, he's I mean, he's he didn't play much with Venezuela. That's true. You need to get him he back. He traveled again. back and he's got to be, be reacclimated with the team. That's crazy to um, me, by the way, that he's not like their starting striker. Who I mean, else did Rondon I, is really good for Venezuela. I'm think, who else was I surprised that he was that they were starting? I mean, I mean, Emerson Hyman. We knew Hyman about. is not really. I mean, he pretty much went on form with everyone. Here was the big. I, I expected Dion Pereira in for like Miram. I I expected. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe he didn't rotate in some some situations. He didn't rotate at all, expect, though, really. But it's pretty much the same team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hyman for Gressel. I mean, good for him. Look, that's a moment where you know if you're going to take it seriously, that's that's where you want to start in the quarterfinals against a team that one you thing should handle about the 18 you dressed against St. Louis. No Carlton. Yes. He knew, ahead, he knew what I was going to say, yeah. No Andrew Carlton. So we were talking about how, oh, it was so crazy how after Passport Gate he was back in the 18 uh, That's a so quickly. Game. But you only had 18 healthy bodies, we speculated. And then Frank DeBoer basically purposely ignored playing him in Chicago when you're trailing 5-1. You might as well put a young player and he puts in Breck Shea and Mikey Ambrose. He subs in two left backs. <laughs> okay? And then you had need a goal... Uh, last uh, against the Red Bulls last week, and 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 you go with Brandon Vasquez and Jeff Laurentowitz when you need a goal, and then the moment you have 18 healthy bodies, when Emerson Heinemann comes in, Carlton's out of the 18. So he was still, in my mind, serving a de facto suspension, uh, despite being, the fact that he was to travel, despite the fact that he was dressing in the 18. That's complete speculation, but. He started the Open Cup match against the Battery. He came on against Columbus. He played well in both. You usually dress your young players in Open Cup matches. And Carlton doesn't even dress. After he did dress in the last two matches, it pretty much confirms that you dressed him because he had no choice. You had no other healthy bodies. You did everything you could not to play him. And now he's back on the outside looking in when it comes to the 18. Eric does need a Snickers bar. In the comments, <laughs> is that who K- am I going to turn into? That, is that Kato friendly or whatever? Keto? Keto? K- Keto? What am I talking? Keto? Kato? I like Keto. I still can't get over the fact he this dude puts butter in his coffee. Oh yeah, yeah Keto so, people are weird. Butter. <laughs> it's 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 a uh, a serving of butter. And he's a, a serving of guy. coconut oil. Double strange. And uh, what's the other thing I put? But in you there? put coconut oh, oil in there too. Coconut. A serving of butter, serving of coconut oil, and serving of uh, heavy whipping cream. Is coconut oil for eating? Yeah. Yeah, you can cook stuff in it. Oh, okay. You can, uh, you can uh, oil pull. Like olive oil. Oil pulling. Or avocado oil. Oil pools. Oil pulling. Oil pulling. So you put like a dab of, of uh, coconut oil in your mouth. It, it doesn't necessarily be, need to be coconut oil. You switch it. And you switch it around. Really good for your teeth. And gums. Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> Interesting. I got distracted when you said dab, so. A little dab. <laughs> <laughs> All wow, <right>. very subtle, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Very well, subtle. Well, did you see what dad? That Eric just tried to actually do a dab. Which That's is, my first dab ever. That was terrible. I'm around nine year olds coaching a lot, and they are much better than you at dabbing. Uh, you know but what? The I dab be is good for coughing. So Seattle on Sunday. Seattle Let's on Sunday. Let's quickly touch on that. I, I, we were planning to you know do a great preview of this, but PT. Uh, this is even more fascinating now because. Uh, but, sorry, before yeah. uh, the, uh, U.S. Open Cup against Orlando in Orlando, August seventh. I'm sure the time. Eric says we're going to lose. Oh, oh, I'm sure the time will be determined. Just prepare yourself. My bir- I, look, I hope I'm wrong. 100. percent I hope I'm My wrong. My birthday is the eighth, so I'll be just really, really I, upset I, I, if they. Just uh, like I was before the season, super in on Champions League and trying to do well on that. Atlanta United need to go ahead and win this thing now. I mean, you can go ahead and secure yourself another Champions League spot. Because here's the thing: I think next year, a full year under Pitti. He's had he's got to study things how they go in this hemisphere of the world a little bit. I didn't pity. I meant Frank DeBoer. 
I think Frank's going to have the team much more ready for a Champions League in year two than he did, you know, with very little time to prepare this year. I just, I really hope uh, that it's that that we're talking about playing Minnesota in the finals if we were to get past Orlando, because I don't know that this team can beat Portland right now, not without Adamino. Portland has certainly been interesting since they've sort of redone their roster a little bit, getting rid of Adi uh, and things like that you know, over the past few seasons. And Diego Valeri is still Diego Valeri. So. Yeah, he's going to make magic happen. It's uh, the magic yes. of the cup, man. I'm they telling have a you. good goal scorer now, and Fernandez out and out nine. So. Be afraid of the combination of Orlando City and the magic of the cup. That's all I'm saying. And Eric. That's all I'm saying. I actually might even be down there. Oh. At the Really? Game. I, might. Oh, well, I thought now, we yeah, said you can't leave. go to Orlando, man. They don't like you down there. You've, you've pissed too many of those people off. My hope is that in my in my presence, that I rub up uh, up against enough Orlando City supporters, that the dread god then just you know gets passed on to someone else, <laughs> preferably an Orlando City supporter. That's the t- well, I I think they've already had. They've got fine dread god down there, whoever it is. We can revel in how it can get worse. If I'm going to Orlando, <laughs> it's going to be to go to Universal to get a Duff beer at the Moe's Tavern way before it would be to step foot anywhere near that cesspool of a stadium. <laughs> it's a nice stadium. It is a nice stadium. I'm yeah, not going to this Yeah, game. well, the st- the, 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 I say it's a cesspool because of what's the inside of the stadium. Being, yeah, oh, indeed. I got you. Indeed. All right, um, so Seattle Sounders, 3.55 p.m., that's what it says on Google. That's a weird time. I imagine that's a 4 o'clock. Yeah, I, I'm thinking like 4.15 even. Um, that happening on Sunday, how does Atlanta United kind of bounce back within MLS play? Um, they're still not that far off the top spot. They're still in third, 30 points. Philadelphia 36 um, in number one. For, for, as, for as bad as it's – and I'm going to say this as long as it's – as long as they're still not in a bad position in the standings, for as, as tough as this season has been – it's impressive that Atlanta United is still right in the mix of things, right in in, in ar- within arm's reach of of potentially taking the top spot in the East. I don't think they're going to get supporter shield because LAFC are already with forty three points. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But on top of that, Atlanta United still got two games in hand hand over uh, Philadelphia Union, so you got to look into that, take that into account. Um, it's all Atlanta United is in a great position considering where they are. Do I think that they're going to enter the playoffs as the number one seed? In all likelihood, probably not. But I do think they can fight for um, a home match if, and a first-round bye. If they are good enough to do that, Eric, to fight for the number one seed, we might get an idea uh, against Sunday uh, against Seattle on Sunday. Unde- they're undefeated at home this year. Uh, seven wins, two draws. So if you want to, I mean, I think at some point we'd like to see, and I don't think it's going to happen this weekend. You're still not fully healthy. The PT stuff's not going to help. Um, and you're and you're going to play, you know, a, a extremely good side or one of the best teams in the league at home. But at some point, Atlanta United is going to have to send a message to the rest of the league that they're still, you know, the defending champions that they're yeah. still going to be around at the end. And this is an opportunity to do it. I don't think you're going to do it though. Seattle, you're getting back to full strength with uh, Jordan Morris and company getting back, uh, getting back there from the Gold Cup. Uh, win two of your last three. Tough to beat at home. Another thing about Seattle that I've noticed this season is that they're a very good team on the counterattack. They scored a bunch of goals on the counter. Um, we've seen Atlanta look, at times, a little bit uh, vulnerable uh, to counterattacks when they get caught forward. So it, 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 it's going to be a very tough match. But, I mean, to kind of go full circle to where we started, I think all eyes are going to be on PT. And, I, and if I'm Frank DeBoer, I, I think you create much more of a distraction if you, if you don't start him. 
Because I think eventually your goal is to get him back into the 11, right? He's, you know, if you don't start him this weekend, we already learned he's a little bit sensitive to kind of this public uh, public treatment from his manager. If you if you bench him, there's no more public uh, there's no more public insult of a player than that than than sitting them on the bench. So my thing is, how big is and this will be the first time I think we actually truly see it. How big is Frank's ego? Because if he has a big ego, and I don't think he does, but if he has a big ego, he's not. I'm even sure he's a, got some. I'm sure he's got some. Yeah. Every 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 yeah. professional yeah. coach has some. Yeah. But is it enough to 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 where to where it's a fault? Well, it's almost because, a philosophical question of what what his philosophy as a manager is. You know, like I like, mean, is, is what I'm saying is that is he gonna is he does he have the stones to put pity in essentially the same doghouse that Carlton's in right now? Right. That's, I mean, what, it's that's a, what we're talking about. And here. let's be real. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier to call Andrew Carlton unprofessional and 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 suspend and you know more or less suspend him, keep him off the field than it is a guy like Pete Martinez. See, I hope that's not how this is handled, though. I don't think this is as big of a disciplinary thing as like even we were talking about with Barco or stuff with Carlton. Like this is him going out expressing displeasure with the way that the coach is handling right. him. Honestly, I want to happen what Eric said earlier, get them in a room, it's hash right out, this yeah. out and move on and not allow it to affect like I don't think I don't necessarily think Pitti needs punishment here. And and if he's playing well enough to help the team out, he needs to be playing. Yeah. Like I think this is something that egos need to be pushed aside. Hopefully Darren Eels, Carlos Bocanegra, whoever can get these two to sit down, hash this out because if any, if you could get any indication from how well Pitsy played against St. Louis, and he is turning a corner the way he's playing, then you'd be dumb to not play him. Yeah, I mean you've invested too much money. In I it. tend to agree, and I think from a discipline standpoint, yeah, I, I would start him too. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's nearly as bad unless it's affecting the rest of the team. I, so and, and, I, and that's the thing, Frank DeBoer is going to have to get an idea of how the team if the team comes in and they're like, all right. You can't we, we, we are not united behind this guy, you know, who's a big time signing, all eyes on him. You know, he's we we've had issues with him, obviously. Um and and now he's saying he doesn't want to be here. So but but I, I just I just I think one of the great things about the team is particularly with integrating South American players from a different culture is that you've got a great support system within the team that can hopefully talk to him, keep him happy. Because for me, if he wants to leave after the season, I'm cool with that. He's 26 years old. If he wants to move on, that's fine. But you you can't be creating these types of distractions within the season because that hurts the whole team, not, not just you. I think this is a big moment for Frank DeBoer in terms of how this is handled. Yeah, because, I'm, I'm fascinated. I can't wait oh yeah, to right. see. Because, again, this is not just about pity. This is about showing the entire team how you would handle – a similar situation if one of them did something like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, like, and I think that, you know, I don't think necessarily this is about, because I don't think this would affect the players. And like you look at other sports and, and players are way more supportive of each other in that fraternity of players mm-hmm. than they are outside, whether that's management, whether that's whatever. Absolutely. So I, I don't think this is going to affect the team in terms of like them saying, oh, Pitty should have done this or whatever. I think they're going to have his back. What I really think this is, is, in terms of the 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 way it'll affect the team is how Frank DeBoer handles this. Yeah, you're right. And if it's a you know an ego thing where he's like, how dare him go out and say those things in the media? He's going to get punished. I think that's a bad look for Frank. So uh, it, it is very intriguing how he's going to. Handle I'm fascinated it. because, and I and I hope it's hashing it out behind the scenes, and, and then moving and on. then, and then, you, then if he wants to leave after the season, you deal with it then. Uh, 
Because- I've been considering the the personality of, of the front office as a whole. I think a lot of this is going to be handled internally, and it's going to be handled in a way that's ultimately viewed as as okay. It was done professionally. Yeah, that's absolutely. Hope and there's hopefully, you know, it's, no one, it's, no one, it's no one our luck so... tomorrow. There's another interview that comes out. Right. I mean, who knows? Well, there's going to be an interview. He's going to he's going to talk. Oh to yeah, the you're, press. Right, you're right. Hopefully. <laughs> He'll talk to the press. Well, I guess there might won't be enough time Gosh, the best for him to say, I've sat down with Frank DeBoer, we've talked about it, but I don't think there will have been time for that to have happened between now not, and not, 10, 11 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, not in the in the, uh, in the the sense that it's going to be a, a uh, uh, you know a revolutionary experience for him and, 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 his, and his mindset on the team, I guess. Uh, it's uh, fa- it's not going to be we like live that stream? kind of Joe impactful. Patrick, can you live stream that on Dirty South? <laughs> we, I am apps. This is just, this is a situation you have. This has never happened for Atlanta United. For Despite Atlanta. all the transfer rumors that have flew, you've never had a player come out and say, at least that I remember. I mean, it may, maybe maybe some of the maybe maybe lesser players, but uh, you've never had one of your big time transfer names come out and say, "I'm not happy here." Seattle beating uh, Columbus two one in the last MLS match on the sixth, and uh, we'll see Atlanta United handles uh, Nico Ladero uh, and company. It'll be interesting to see how. How everything kind of unfolds. It's it's heading into Sunday. Tough, tough fixture. I mean, and you're playing a like I said, a Seattle team that I think is strong. Where you're weak. They're also in third, 32 points in the season, 19 matches played. And I think a lot of their kind of t- tailing off in form recently had to do with losing players to the Gold Cup. I don't Especially think a guy like Nico Ladero. Absolutely. And I think when you look at the way that they started the season, and then you kind of look at their form over the last month or so, where they've been, you know, more or less dropping as many points as they've picked up. I think the first part of the season is much more representative of, of the type of team they are, and you'll probably start to see that team uh, this weekend as Lodero comes back, Christian Roldan comes yep. back, Jordan Morris comes back. Uh, I think Leardon was gone, so they were missing a lot of guys over the last month, and you're gonna start, they're going to start to play their best soccer again this weekend, which is not what you want if you're Atlanta United. All right, uh, you can tweet at us at Eric Quintana, Josh. At Josh B914. Sam. At Sam J. Franco. Uh, pretty soon, formerly of Athens. Boom. Yeah. Um, hide your kids. No more. I was say. Franco's coming to Atlanta. Hide your Papa, wife. Hide your kids. Daddy's coming home. Uh, you can uh, prove tweet my point. At the podcast, <laughs> at MOTS podcast. Make sure all you new subscribe or uh, new watchers of the stream subscribe to the podcast. Uh, this is, <laughs> and naturally, I didn't expect uh, that this was going to be lo- the, the lowest watched or the. The lowest, the highest watch. Highest it, it, no, it's the highest, but I didn't expect it to be the lowest because it, the news happened right before. Yeah, we, we had people we've, waiting we've, already. We've never oh, had this many live. Eleven viewers, people so. waiting. I think we had somewhere around fifty people watching at any given time. You can so. do this every week with us and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel um, every uh, every Wednesday or Thursday, just depending on the schedules. Radio show every Wednesday, seven o'clock. Atlanta Sports X, twelve thirty a.m., thirteen forty a.m., one hundred six point three FM and one hundred three point seven. FM. I'm pretty sure that last one's right. Uh, make sure you join us. You always forget that one. I always forget the, 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 the I think second that, that's FM that's 103.7 station. is correct. Yeah. You got it. Any, left, any final thoughts, guys? D3 sucks. Why did we talk about <laughs> that? We talked so about, long. This was a, a, Tony Moose, Mr. Quack Quack. This was a fun podcast. Uh, and um, yeah, I just, you know, again, with the PT stuff, context, he's, he's, he, he's, he's, he's frustrated, but he's not forcing his way out the door. This so. this entire podcast has been done with the understanding uh, with uh, without the the understanding of the full context of the pity tweets. Yes. We have but, not actually heard them. But reckless we, speculation. But again, yes. We can we can't say without <laughs> well, 
<laughs> we can't say without a shadow of doubt that the tone of what he's saying oh, yeah. is it's, not yeah. for I, I get me the crap out of here. It's yeah, in a perfect world, I'd be at River, which is not a smart thing to say uh, publicly for all the reasons that we've discussed. But it's not like he's trying to get a transfer out of Atlanta tomorrow. Right. Yeah, just in a few months. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's okay. If you want to go in January, that's fine. Hey, ball out for the rest of the season. I think that might have been expected the whole way. Yeah. All right, uh, that does it for us. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Until next time. See you later, Atlanta. Take the fall at hurt.